Hey everybody, welcome back to the McCarty Ministry Podcast. Glad to have you joining us for another session. My name is Matt. My wife, me and I are doing these once a month to encourage you in your faith, to help challenge you, motivate you, inspire you, uh, to be all that you can be for Jesus, and to help you serve your local church along the way. Thanks for joining us for another session. In this session, we're going to be starting a series of uh, uh, episodes together, what we're titling Chosen, How to Answer the Call and Serve Your Local Church. The, uh, the episodes that we'll be doing are based on a book that I'm currently writing, the same title, where we're encouraging you to step up and help your local church in some capacity if you aren't already. And if you are, how you can better yourself, better position yourself, better develop yourself to be all that you can be in helping your church fulfill its mission. And the idea is we're taking characters from the Bible. Uh, Most of them are very familiar. Probably every character is familiar to you that you've heard of uh, from one time or another. And we're taking either a characteristic or a major decision that they made and we're showing you what that was and how you can harness that to better position yourself uh, to help your church and to fulfill what God's called you to do. So I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about the book. I'm excited about the podcast. And I, I trust and hope and pray uh, that this material is, uh, is something that you're taking to heart and you're seeing some growth in it. So what we're going to be talking about in this and probably the next couple sessions, because we only have a limited amount of time together in these podcasts, so we're going to start it in this uh, episode and we'll continue it in a couple others. We're going to talk about Joseph and the subject of loyalty, something that Joseph exemplified or displayed in his life, and we're going to see a number of ways that he did that. So loyalty, let's talk about loyalty for a minute, because uh, honestly, loyalty used to be an asset and it's become somewhat of, uh, I don't know, old-fashioned. And when we look at loyalty, probably the best place to start is to look at definitions. Let's see some terms and definitions of what loyalty or the word loyal might mean. I looked these up and here are some of the things that stood out. An unswerving allegiance. I like that. Another one said an unwavering allegiance or unwavering in allegiance to faithfulness to which uh, you are bound by a pledge or duty faithfulness uh, again a, a synonym to loyalty or loyal steadfast in the face of any temptation to renounce so it paints this picture that loyalty is something that should not be given up on easily What's interesting is that loyalty is, uh, is something that we don't see characterized much anymore in our current culture and climate. I consider uh, famous people, politicians, athletes, and we notice that loyalty is gone. Uh, one of the places I went in studying for this was uh, the NBA, Uh, the National Basketball Association, and I'm reminded of how athletes behave today in comparison to how they used to behave. And this is going to make me sound old-fashioned, but uh, it may even make me sound old. But I grew up in the era where the Chicago Bulls won the championship six out of eight years. This was in the uh, 90s, and uh, Michael Jordan, of course, was uh, the star of the Chicago Bulls. And he was a superstar in the NBA. He was a global phenomenon. He was a marketing icon. 
he really helped build Nike's brand and McDonald's and, and Michael Jordan was amazing. And I'm reminded of the fact that he really, other than after he retired and came back to basketball, he stayed with the same team his entire career. And that's really how it used to be. It used to be that an athlete would get drafted, they would join a professional sports team, and unless there were extenuating circumstances or an injury or something, he or she would stay with that team forever for their career. Now, whether the team was winning or losing, whether they were getting championships or not, this athlete would stay with the team. They would stay not just with the team, but they were staying with the city. They were staying with the people. They were staying with the brand. And Michael Jordan was one of those figures. He joined a team that wasn't necessarily winning championships, and he helped lead them there. Today, the picture is a little bit different. We'll have these superstars that join a team, and if they're not winning, they'll leave that team. And they'll go join a team that already is stacked with talent. And to me, that demonstrates a lack of loyalty. Now, I know what you're thinking as you're listening to the podcast. You're thinking that I'm picking on specific athletes. I'm not. We could look at every sport for this where one person wore jersey after jersey after jersey. But isn't it fascinating that athletes used to wear one jersey? We could see it in just our, our families, our parents. They would work for the same company for 30 or 40 years, and they would retire from that company. They demonstrated loyalty. They didn't chase money or a new location or a new opportunity. They got plugged into a company, and they stuck it out with that company. And really, folks, I'm preaching to myself because I've worked for three different organizations over the last uh, 18 years. Now, it's not that I haven't been loyal or a hard worker. Things have changed in my life, but it's just fascinating how loyalty was something different than what it is today. Politicians do it all the time. They'll speak to one group and tell that group what they want to hear, and then a few days later, they'll go to a whole new group and say something entirely contrary to that group because that's what they want to hear. Loyalty is a precious commodity, and it's hard to find. So why are we talking about loyalty? Because it is something that if you can master in your life, or if at least you can improve in your life, you will become a major asset to your family, to your community, to your employer, to your local church, and to God. And that's what the idea of these uh, next few podcasts is, is to cover some of these characteristics and cover some of these uh, major decisions that these Bible characters made that positioned them for greatness in God's kingdom. And what I want to do is, is I want to share with you a little bit of how I got here. Why are we talking about this topic and why is this something that I feel like the Lord has put on my heart? Over the last 10 years or so, my wife and I have been traveling the country, doing ministry, speaking at churches, youth events, retreats, camps, those kinds of things. And we've really been blessed to be able to interact with a lot of uh, church staff, pastors and senior pastors in particular. And when we meet with them, we talk about a number of things. And Mia and I always learn so much 
from these folks that have been doing ministry for so long. And we get the opportunity to ask them some questions. And one of the questions that we often ask is along the lines of, if you, pastor, could share anything with your congregation, if you could say anything to the people in your church, what would it be? You say, well, that's kind of an interesting question, Matt, because they say what they want to say every weekend on the platform. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what is it that you would impart as a pastor that God has given you as a shepherd for your flock. That's not what I'm, I'm, I'm handling here. What I'm handling is from your heart, senior pastor, what do you want them to know? And a resounding plurality of these pastors will say something along the lines of, I want the congregation to know, I want each individual church member to know, aside from the fact that I love them, that I need them. Isn't that interesting? Not only is the pastor there to shepherd the flock and impart into the congregation and help them grow and be there for their spiritual needs and their family needs and their life needs, but the pastor is also there to recruit them to something better, to something greater than themselves, to give them an invitation to step up and participate in what God's doing. How awesome is that? They, as a senior leader, get to say, hey, why don't you join our team and get done the work that God has us doing in this community? And so those senior pastors over and over and over again say, I would want them to know that I need them. So I... I'm using this platform, this podcast, to say to you who are listening, your church needs you. Your pastor needs you. You may already be volunteering, and that's awesome. But if you're not, I want to encourage you to step up and to help. I remember when I was on staff at our church, we had a lot going on. It's a, it's a rather large church, and uh, there's a good good size staff, and we reach a, a good size community. And I just remember working there thinking, boy, there's a lot going on. And it was more than just the weekend service. Uh, a lot of times people think that a senior pastor only works on Sundays, that Monday through Friday they just pray and fast, and uh, then on Sunday they preach. And that's not true. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot of work that takes place to get ready for the weekend. But aside from the weekend, there's also community outreach. There's also events. There's small groups. We need to squeeze in meetings uh, and time to communicate with each other. And there's also leadership development for the staff and the volunteers. And then there's team building. And of course, there's the pastoral care side, the hospital visits, the funerals, the weddings, the counseling sessions. Pastors are extremely busy people and their staff are as well. And so churches, I believe, are some of the busiest organizations in the world. And so when I was on staff, I remember thinking to myself, wow, there's a lot going on. And one of the verses that the Lord brought to my heart, I'd heard it before, but I saw it in a totally new light, was Luke 10, 2. And I want to read that to you from the New Living Translation. Jesus said this, these were his instructions to them, quote, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Let that sink in for a second. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. 
And then Jesus challenges them and says, So, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the field. It was right then and there. That verse dropped into my heart. And I thought, it's true. And it's happening right before my eyes. What is it that most churches in America need? It's not necessarily financial resources. It's human resources. There is so much work that needs to be done and not necessarily enough hands to do it. Or think of it this way. A church could be reaching as much as it can, but if it had more hands, it could reach even more. I wonder when we get to heaven how many visions God had given to senior pastors that those senior pastors and churches were never able to fulfill because they didn't have enough people to help them get it done. Is it sinking in yet? And so the resounding, echoing, shouting, proclaiming word that I want you listening to get today is, your church needs you. And so how can you position yourself to help? Pastors often say this too, or they'll ask us as we travel, they'll ask us because uh, our senior pastors and our church is doing very well. They'll ask the question, how do you get and retain volunteers? It's one of the biggest questions we're asked. And I don't feel like I'm in a position to answer it, so I usually uh, uh, help direct them to someone who can, or I at least give the best guidance that I can. But I come from a church where our pastors, the leadership there and the team is doing a fantastic job because we have somewhere around 800 people volunteering at the church. That's unheard of. It's phenomenal. And so that question often gets asked. Well, I want to turn that question around to you and say, how can you get recruited And how can you stay on a team at your church to help get the work done for the kingdom? And that is to better yourself, to make yourself an asset. And you say, well, how do I do that? Well, we begin to adopt the characteristics, the qualities, and the decision-making that these characters from the Bible possessed or did. And we're going to start today in this session, we're going to start with a man named Joseph, And we're going to look at the quality that he possessed most greatly than any other, and that was the quality of loyalty. So we defined loyalty earlier. We talked about it a little bit, but let's look at where loyalty begins to play out in Joseph's life. And we'll start in Genesis chapter 37. And in Genesis 37, we're introducing uh, Joseph and Jacob, his father. Now understand that Joseph was a brother. He had brothers. He had a father, Jacob, and so Joseph had a dynamic with his brothers like many of you have had if you've had brothers. There was some camaraderie, there was some competition, uh, there was also some, uh, some fighting and those kinds of things. But for Joseph, the dynamics really took a turn for the worse. But let's start in Genesis 37 too, and it says this, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flock. So we have a 17-year-old who's taking care of sheep. And he's doing it because he's honoring his father. He's being loyal to his father and helping his father with the family business, if you will. It says this too, that he worked for his half-brothers. 
the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. And then underline or highlight this next portion if you're reading with me. The New Living Translation of Genesis 37.2 says, But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Look at it right there. Right from the beginning, Joseph demonstrates this quality of loyalty. Now, how did he demonstrate it? Well, we see that he was reporting to his father any wrongdoing of his brothers. Now, let's pause for a moment because some of you listening are already saying, psh, what a tattletale. And isn't it interesting that we live in a culture now where reporting to the authority an inappropriate action is considered tattletaling. I think I even said this to our daughter the other day, Madeline, don't be a tattletale. Now, we understand there's a heart behind everything. We don't want to have a heart of trying to get people in trouble. That's not godly. But the other thing that's not godly is hiding things that are evil, wrong, decadent, harmful to a person, to a group of people, or to an organization. Communicating that is loyalty. And so right off the gate, right out of the shoots of this story, we see Joseph's brothers, they're doing things that are evil, they're acting corruptly. Joseph steps up and says, hey dad, I got to tell you about something that's going on. I'm here to tell you that if you're willing to be the person that is loyal to leadership, you will put yourself in a position to be able to better help your church, your community, and your senior pastors. This is something that Joseph possessed, and I want to encourage you to possess it as well. One of the other things we see if we go down Genesis 37 just a little bit, we'll see that the brothers are out doing their job. They're taking care of the sheep, if you will. And in verse 13, it says, When they had been gone for some time, Joseph's brothers, Jacob said to Joseph, so the father says to the son, Your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready, and I'll send you to them. So pretty simple request or pretty simple command. The father says to Joseph, Hey, I'm going to get you ready. Go out there where your brothers are and help out. And I love what Joseph says. I love his response. He says, quote, I'm ready to go. Joseph replied, I'm ready to go. Your local church needs somebody that's ready, willing, and able. And it's really interesting how many people will look at their church and say they've got enough people in the kids' ministry. They've got enough people helping youth. There's enough ushers out there. They don't need me. They can't use me. No, the opposite is true. You need to say, I'm ready. I'm willing. Let's go. That's what your church needs right now. Because remember, go back to Luke 10 and 2. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Your church may be getting a lot done right now. But with your help, how much more could they be getting done? And what's really cool is that this whole characteristic of loyalty not only helps you to help others, but God is so good that when you and I practice this characteristic of loyalty, he blesses even us. Genesis 39.2 is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. 
And I always tried to figure out not just the fact that it was happening, but God, why was this happening? Genesis 39.2 says, The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. We're going to get to that story in our next podcast, but I want you to hone in on the fact that the Lord was with, jo- was with Joseph and everything that he did succeeded. Why, you may ask? Well, one, God's just good. And two, God had called Joseph. But I believe this also, that it was because Joseph exemplified loyalty. When you and I are loyal to our spouse, when you and I are loyal to our children, when we're loyal to our place of work, when we're loyal to our church, God can bless us. It's because we step under that umbrella of protection and blessing by exemplifying a characteristic of the Holy Spirit himself, the ultimate person that demonstrated the ultimate loyalty was Christ Jesus. He demonstrated that loyalty to us on the cross. And so when you and I can harness this loyalty and display it in our lives, in our relationships, in our roles in life, God can, does, and will bless us and everything that we put our hands to will succeed. The story of Joseph is an exciting one. We're going to see Joseph uh, interpret dreams. We're going to see him uh, sold uh, to slave, uh, as a slave to slave masters. We're going to see his brothers attempt to kill him. We're going to see Joseph in prison. Throughout all of it, he's going to demonstrate loyalty. And we're going to learn what true loyalty looks like. But we're out of time for this podcast. So... I want to encourage you to tune in uh, on our next one. We're going to continue our conversation about Joseph and loyalty. And we're also going to highlight and display for you what true loyalty looks like. But today, I want to encourage you that before you can help your local church, before you can answer the call that God has for you on your life, before you can live a life like Joseph, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus must be your Lord and Savior. That's what all of this is about. And so if you've never taken the time to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. It's really simple. There's two things you need to do. Number one, believe that he is who he said he was. And number two, confess him. So you got to say something with your mouth. The believing part's usually the easier part. You hear about Jesus and you believe that yes, He really existed and he is or was who he came to be and who he said he was. That's kind of the easy part. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess that you're already somewhat believing what you're hearing. But the harder part can be the confessing, speaking with our mouths. And so I want to help you with that part. In Romans chapter 10, it says that we've got to believe with our heart and confess with our mouth. So how do we do that? Well, we typically do it with a prayer. And it can be any prayer. It doesn't have to be religious in nature. It doesn't have to be scripted. It just has to come from your heart. So what I'm going to do is say a prayer. And as you're listening, you can either say this prayer with me, repeat it after me, or you can say your own prayer that's similar in nature. Say something like this. Father God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he came to the earth. He died for my sins. 
He rose from the dead and he's alive today. Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. I turn from my life of sin and control and I give it to you to live the way you'd have me live according to your word. Jesus, I love you. I need you. You are my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Live in my heart and change me forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, thanks for joining us for another session of the McCarty Ministry Podcast. We trust that it's been beneficial, challenging, and also a little bit exciting for you today. We're excited to talk to you next time. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we also have a website, mattandmia.com. And if you're listening to this podcast on a platform like Apple Podcast or Spotify, we want to encourage you, please, please, please rate and review us. The higher ratings we get and the more reviews we receive, the greater audience we can reach. So we thank you in advance for doing that. Thanks again for joining us. We love you. We're praying for you. And we'll talk to you next time.